Hey, it's Zaya from Love Circular and welcome to Entry Level. I'm on a mission to help 1 million of you lot get your first jobs in tech through the inside scoop that I can help give as well as that my colleagues in some future episodes. Today, I want to talk about imposter syndrome and how to work through it as a UX designer or a product designer, the same thing, but I'm going to help you out. Before we get into the video, I'm going to tell three different stories throughout this video of different times that I've experienced imposter syndrome as a UX designer or a designer in general. The first one was when I was around 19, 20, I set up an agency with one of my best friends, Isaac, and we tried to create a design agency. Now that did do really well considering, and it was difficult, but at the same time, when I got into the industry, I was around 19 years old and I was asking people online to pay me money. Bearing in mind, I've never had a full-time job before then, but I knew that I could design uh, fairly competently and I knew that I could get clients. The only thing is, anytime I had a client meeting, I always had in the back of my mind, like I had a thought in the back of my mind where I questioned myself. I doubted whether I'm actually capable of doing work at a satisfactory level. I also used to think, why should they trust me? Like at the end of the day, I'm just some like 20 year old kid, 21 year old kid trying to uh, design some interfaces. Like why should they trust me? Like they don't even know me from anywhere, just Twitter for instance. And I think the third scenario that happened as a designer in those days were a big part of it was trying to get my head around even doing the job on time. I felt like there was extra pressure to get it done on time. And I even started doubting myself whether I could do that. But those were the good old days and we had a great time. It was a massive learning curve. I experienced so much as a designer as well as that as a person entrepreneur and it was a pivotal stage of my journey as a designer. I said designer a few times, but yeah, you get the point. So I'm going to give you three tips on things I believe will help you get over or deal with imposter syndrome. I don't feel like you can really get over it as it will always come up whenever you face a new challenge in your career or just your personal life. The way how I describe imposter syndrome, it's the difference between knowing where you want to be and where you're currently at. You just don't have enough experience to get to that point where you want to be just yet. And you're experiencing the normal anxieties that pretty much anyone goes through when they're exploring something completely new and they're still building up competency. And that's how I describe imposter syndrome. I believe one of the easiest wins in working with imposter syndrome is documenting your achievements. As a designer, a big thing that you can do is A, build a portfolio. Yes, amazing. But within that portfolio, when you're piecing together your projects, your work, document some of the things that you think went well, some of the things that you think you didn't necessarily do well at, and even having that little bit of information written out. If you're in a situation where you're a little scared or anxious and you're wondering, am I capable? You can always go back to your portfolio and literally read through what you went through to be able to solve a problem. I think having these small affirmations and having these like tidbits of data that prove you're capable, they're so integral to building some self-confidence and also being able to prove to other people that you're capable. If other people can believe in it, I'm sure you should be able to do it. It's a small one, but I think this kind this is a really interesting area. I think you can also document any moments of success. I've done it, but like I do it on Twitter. Uh, I like to write down whenever something's gone right or tweet whenever something's gone right. For all the things that go right, so many go wrong. But at the same time, 
I've like, I've got these little tidbits that I can always go back to and remember what happened on what day and why it went right. And I can always recall those moments and building an arsenal of those sorts of things through me documenting my journey, of course, it puts me in a position where I'm somewhat at ease because I know that I'm not going through certain things for the first time. I've already went through hard things to get to the point where I'm in this new place that there's a new hard thing that I need to overcome. So yeah, I'd say document, um, document achievements, document any feedback, any sort of successes, put it somewhere. Uh, I put it on Twitter or in my notes file, but you can put it wherever you want to put it, whether that's on a video, whether that's in your portfolio, doesn't really matter. I'd just say put it somewhere. Really quick one, I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you do find it helpful and you think I'm adding value, it'd mean the world to me if you can share this video or if you're listening to the podcast, if you could share that with somebody that you know who you think can benefit from what's being said in our podcast. But yeah, I hope you are having a good day and we're still on a mission to get 1 million people into jobs and I hope you can be there with me. Take care, peace. I'm gonna give you the second time that I experienced imposter syndrome as a designer. It was when I landed my first full-time job. So my agency closed down, uh, We, I wanted to go in the industry. I didn't wanna have the, all the stresses of being an agency owner uh, so early in my career. And I felt like there were, a little, there were things I could learn. So I ended up getting a job full-time. The good thing is people believed in me. Uh, the bad thing was, there were a lot of things that I wasn't aware of or I weren't aware of at the time. And I found myself feeling a load of dread and a load of anxiety throughout that first job. It was a very, very difficult period for myself, my confidence. But at the same time, I always had somewhat of self-belief. When I was new to the in-house experience or being in an agency environment, these, are the, these were the thoughts that actually got in the way when I was a designer. I would always think, Am I capable of being around these people who have been in the, their career for so much longer than I have? Why did the company hire me? I feel like I'm not of a certain caliber that should be around other designers. And it's kind of, it's quite a self-deprecating thought because you're questioning every little thing about yourself and what you're capable of. And at the end of the day, your hiring manager or the people that actually do choose to push the green button, I guess, on your employment, they clearly believe in you. So I feel like that's a great opportunity to just give yourself a little bit of a break and trust in yourself. So there's that bit. I also used to find myself in weird positions. Well, they weren't weird positions, but I used to think they were weird where I'd be in a meeting. I'm like a junior entry-level midweight designer. And a lot of people are a bit more extroverted, but I'm a quieter person naturally. So I'd feel like I'd feel like I don't fit in. And I always thought to myself, do other people think I'm a fraud? It was far from the case, but at the same time, when I was going through this as a you know, new hire, it just didn't feel comfortable. And I only, only with time, I realized that these thoughts only came because they were like my first experience in that scenario. Once I gained more experience and had more jobs in the field, it became, uh, eh. You stop thinking about this sort of stuff with repetition. It's like, you just don't care anymore. You've got enough data and got enough evidence that proves that you're capable of doing the thing that you were hired to do. So it's not so much of a problem. And yeah, that was the second time I felt a lot of imposter syndrome as a designer. Uh, 
That was when I got my first job. My second point in terms of a tip that could help with your journey as a designer here, it would be finding a mentor and becoming a part of a network. I believe you can grow 10x or 10x your growth as a designer or just anyone in tech by being surrounded by amazing people that can also give you insight into their journeys. If I were to give you a step-by-step -step breakdown on how to utilize being mentored or getting, being a part of a network, I'd start by saying this, do a self-assessment on where you're currently at. Understand where some of your identified weaknesses uh, or self-identified weaknesses are. And when it comes to finding mentors, there are many places. You've got ADP list, you've got Slack communities, you've got LinkedIn, you've got even our Slack community, you can find people there. But what I do is have an idea of what you want help with. And when it comes to getting your mentor, pretty much explain your current situation, where you're trying to go. And the fact that you've identified that person as a possible uh a possible person that can help you get through the next stage of your career. They clearly have the experience in X, Y, Z that you need help with and you'd love to get just a little bit of their time in exchange for whatever, or if they're happy to do it for free, amazing. So yeah, I'd reach out to them, but reach out to them with a plan, reach out to them with an idea. Don't just go to someone and say, oh, I need mentorship because at the end of the day, like who, would you want to be approached like that for something that you think you're skilled at or something that you have experience in? No, you'd want to know how to solve that person's specific problem. I think it's a skill to understand where you need to go and being able to identify problems. And it's one that's imperative to being a really good designer or just someone who solves problems in a digital world, I guess. So yeah, you're going to want to do that. But like the big, you know, places where there, there are nice tech hubs and there's a lot happening. Go to the conferences, meet people, get surrounded by other people that can actually help give you feedback on your journey or who you are and where your current work is at. These types of people can help bridge your understanding of where you currently are and what you're going to need to do to get to the next stage. And by you doing the work that's going to be necessary to get to the next stage, you'll put yourself in a position where naturally you're going to grow in confidence over time. So I'd certainly recommend going about uh, attending conferences, meetups, joining online forums, and even just finding ways to connect with other professionals in the field. If I had a mentor or I was a part of a network, I think my first attempt at being employed as a designer would have went much smoother. I would have learned how to gel better with a team. I would have learned how to collaborate better. As well as that, I would have learned to believe and trust myself as a designer, which would have made a world of a difference in terms of fitting in with where the company wanted to go and what the company expected from myself. That would be my advice. Okay, so here's a final story that I've got for you. The third one on me experiencing a lot of anxiety or imposter syndrome around being a UX designer. When I first started Love Circular, I was in a job as a senior UX designer for a fintech company. That role was cool and I felt like I finally trusted myself as a designer and I, you know, could do the job. I could do all of the things that were required of me in pretty much most scenarios that I could get myself into. The only thing is with Love Circular, I was going from being capable in my job and maybe helping one or two others uh, learn about design and how they can progress themselves as designers to find myself in a position where I needed to teach many other people at once. 
This caused so much anxiety because at the end of the day, I didn't know if I could help someone get their first job. And yeah, I could help someone upskill once already in the role, whether it's hard skills or the soft skills aspect of it. But I wasn't sure of my capabilities as a teacher. In starting Love Circular, I found myself in a position where I needed to trust myself and get that trust as quick as possible. So what we did when we first started was I gave everything away for free. I, you know, built, we had cohort one, which is a free cohort where we took people. It started out as a one-to-one and it allowed me to build my confidence up as a teacher. And I went from there to put myself in a position where I started teaching people in groups and once groups got comfortable, we added the structure to it. And then after that, yeah, I started teaching. Then I started coaching people to teach and then I started reviewing the coaching. So it kind of snowballed, but my first call, I remember I was sweating. I was thinking, why should someone believe in me? Why should they trust me to teach them? And especially when we had our first like paid student, it was a moment where I was like, damn, someone trusted me with them hard earned money to be able to give them uh, a great experience and also help teach them how to do this thing that I currently can do at my job. And I, they want to hopefully do that. That was friggin' nerve-wracking, and we got over it clearly because we're here now, but it's just to show that, I guess I'm telling this story to show that literally everybody goes through this sort of stuff, and being a person with, well, having imposter syndrome isn't unique to any, like, it's not unique to your situation. Your bosses, your colleagues, your brothers, your parents have had imposter syndrome at some point in their life. And it's just a part of, like I said, it's a part of learning something new or doing something new for the first time. You've just not got enough data to be able to reference the fact that you're competent enough to repeatedly do this with certain predictability around the results. So it's completely normal. And the more you're going to do it, the easier it gets. And this leads me on to my final point on how to overcome and work with imposter syndrome. I would certainly recommend embracing your failures and your mistakes that will come as part of the journey. What I mean by this, I mean, understanding that as you've clearly heard from my three previous stories, you're not unique. I'm not unique. We're all going to go through these stages as part of learning a new topic or performing something for the first time. As you can imagine, whatever you're getting involved in when it comes to being a UX designer, you're going to find yourself in positions where you will feel uncomfortable. For instance, if it's speaking in front of a bunch of stakeholders, if it's going for an interview for the first time, if it's performing your first conference speaking gig, you're always going to experience this sort of feeling if it's your first time around doing it. With time, effort, and all of the aforementioned points and tips, you can find yourself in a position where you gain confidence so much faster and the learning curve of gaining experience and feeling capable and competent, it's just shortened tenfold. But I'd certainly embrace failure you will fail more times than you probably succeed at the beginning. And that's fine. Not many of us get it down to a T first try. And it's worth noting that. And it's worth appreciating that to do something that's long-term and get somewhere that's long-term, you're going to have to figure out how to deal with the inevitable failures that come along the way. I'd also go a step further on this whole topic of embracing failure and suggest sharing your failures. So again, like with myself and me documenting the journey, I've actually recorded a lot of videos that I tagged to, well, post on social media under like my fighting mediocrity, uh, little vlogs. 
And a big part of the fighting, fighting mediocrity vlogs themselves are me talking about the failures that I've actually experienced as a founder, as a leader or, you know, person in this realm. I believe everybody should embrace their failures as well as that document it. If you can share it, it actually allows other people to understand other people who might actually be going through something similar to feel like they're not alone. And the power of unity in these moments also can give you more confidence and it can allow you to also have synergy together if you've got multiple people that uh, align and can appreciate your ability to be vulnerable and share the things that you fail at. That being said, I don't mean like necessarily like create content crying and all that stuff, but if for instance, you were to share that you failed at something, but you also overcame it, that's still positive and it can inspire yourself in future if you were ever to be in a tough position and wanted to feel excited or feel like you're capable as well as that inspires other people that can also be on their journey of embracing their failures and their mistakes to hopefully be an amazing designer and so much more as a person one day but yeah that's today's video on overcoming and working through imposter syndrome as a UX designer or just a designer. I hate the fact that we don't have a unified term, but I digress. That's for another day. Please enjoy your evenings or your days in general, and I'll see you soon. Peace.